Our sermon today, whoop, too far, is from Luke 8, verses 19 through 21. If you'd please rise out of honor of God's word. Luke 8, verses 19 through 21. That's found on page 1100 in your Black Pew Bible or 1251 in the Adventure Bible. Luke 8, 19 through 21. And I read in Jesus' name. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside, desiring to see you. But he answered them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this, putting this in there, Lord, that this is for us, that we might learn and that we might grow. We ask that you would bless us through your word. Father, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And so as we, um, well, as we begin, we're going to begin with context. So what's, what's going on as as we're in this spot in Luke, we're looking at, and so Luke probably wrote chronologically. So as Jesus was going through his ministry, he wasn't doing, he wasn't emphasizing the same things at all points. And so during this time in Jesus' ministry, Luke is drawing out his teachings. He's probably doing miracles behind the scenes because it seems that wherever Jesus went, miracles followed him as well. But as he's focus, as we're focusing on this, what Luke is drawing our attention to is the teaching of Jesus. Because as Jesus is going about teaching, he's not teaching like the scribes and the Pharisees because the scribes and the Pharisees, they liked to teach quoting other people. And so this person said this about this and this person said this about that. And so therefore, this is what we should be doing. And the people didn't like that. And we're, we're told that at the book of, in the book of Matthew at the end of the um, Sermon on the Mountain. They said, Jesus, he teaches with authority. Like he actually knows what he's talking about. These scribes and these Pharisees, they don't, they're just quoting other people. They don't know anything. But Jesus is teaching with authority. And so as Jesus is bringing the gospel and he's teaching people and he's performing miracles and people are getting excited because this is something absolutely different. Something absolutely other. This doesn't exist other places. This isn't the way that the scribes and Pharisees do it. This isn't the way that the, because there were the Essenes, the, there were people all over the place. There were false prophets rising up as well during this time. And they were, they were trying to pull people away. They were trying to pull Jews. They were trying to encourage people to rebel against Rome. And Jesus isn't doing any of that stuff. But he's still raising the dead and he's multiplying food and he's healing the sick. And, and he's touching people and he's healing blind people. Lepers are cleansed. And these stories are coming out. And crowds are starting to follow Jesus. And they're starting, there's going to be so many people that Jesus and his disciples aren't able to eat sometimes. The crowd, they're just being pressed in. And that's actually one of the reasons, shortly after this, Jesus goes out in the countryside because that's to, scholars figure that's to minimize the crowds. Because they couldn't be in town. Because houses were only so big. And so if they couldn't be in town, well, what do you do? You go up on a hillside and then you have the ability to teach more. And so that's, that's what's going on. 
And so in the midst of that, Mary and Jesus' brothers come to speak to Jesus. We don't know at this point exactly what they're going to talk to him about. Uh, we're not told and it doesn't matter because it, if it mattered, we would have been told. And so if Jesus' mother and brothers want to come and speak to Jesus, what they're asking is, Jesus, we want to be at the front of the line. We want to we be there right with you. And what are they relying on? You know, your mother and your brothers are there. We're family. We've got blood. We have a right to you. But then what does Jesus say? No, no. It isn't, it isn't about family. It isn't about lineage. It, it isn't about blood. I know that I came from Mary and that these are my brothers, but that's not what this is all about. It's about those who hear the word of God and do it. It's, it's actually Jesus, when he looks at privilege and opportunity, he measures on a totally different scale than we do as humans. Measures on a totally different scale. And that scale is those who hear the word of God and do it. And so, with that, what does it mean to hear the word of God? What's, what's the purpose that God sent his word into this world? And that's to bring truth. You know, that we would know on that, not just the difference between right and wrong, but the difference of that which is real and that which isn't. Because what's a lie? A lie is the twisting of reality so that we don't know what reality really is. You know, I, I, think, I think about, uh, oh, I think about a lot of things. <laughs> I usually don't narrow this stuff down and so sometimes I get a whole jumble of things I want to go on in my head. Think about greed. One of the things I think about oftentimes is greed. And this lie that if I have more money, I'm going to be happier. But you know, as we read a couple of weeks ago in our Ecclesiastes reading, as we actually talked about in Nathaniel's Bible study, that the NFL is, what Nathaniel was telling us about an NFL commercial, about not stigmatizing mental illness. And then they have an NFL player come up and start talking about all the stress in his life and his need for a counselor. And it's like, you know, that NFL player has more money than almost all of us except for Rod on his teacher's pension. Um, <laughs> because we know what those teacher's pensions are like. Um, <laughs> does money bring him happiness? If, if money brought happiness and a relief of stress, an NFL player would have it. But Solomon says when money grows, so do mouths. There's just more expenses, more things to spend it on. I will never have to worry about buying a Rolls Royce. It just ain't going to happen. Hey, we live in Minnesota. You know, and the rust would be awful. But it brings truth. It brings truth. It helps us to see the difference between the lie, money will bring happiness. Pleasure will bring happiness. Ease will bring happiness. You know, rest will bring happiness only to a limited degree. You know, that's the one out of six or one out of seven. Um, how do we interact with the world? According to the truth of God, because as we interact with the world according to the, the beliefs of the world, we're going to mess things up. We're, we're going we're to have things backwards. They're going to be all twisted and polluted and perverted. and It's not going to work. And so when God brings his word to us, he's revealing truth. This is the way the world works. This is the way the consequences work. This is the way that God works. This is the way that Jesus works. 
This is the way that sin works. This is the way that forgiveness works. This is the way that money works. This is the way that your family works. That's how, do you guys want those things to work in your lives? Yeah. What do we do? We live according to the word of God. But why is, so why else is the word of God given to us? It's for action. For those who hear and do. This isn't just for speculation. It's not just so that people in ivory towers can argue about how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. Or, you know, well, there's all sorts of ridiculous things that people argue over. Did you know there was a time in the AFLC that, and this is public, where the AFLC, there was talk about the division of the AFLC because of something called prevenient grace. And it was an argument that was extra biblical. It wasn't about scripture. It was about scholars and their discussions and whether or not we should believe these scholars or believe those scholars. And there was talk about the AFLC dividing. It didn't, by the grace of God, because people finally said, why are, why are we talking about this? You know, it's like there was this mania that had crept into, well, most of it was pastors. Pastors. Ridiculous. Us pastors. But, you know, it's like this mania had crept in. And then finally, God opened their eyes to see this isn't even biblical. Why are we talking about it? We're missing the point. And that's what happens. Because sometimes you get caught up into things that you can't act on. Because Scripture is given to us to change the way we live. It is, you know, it's given to us to change the way that we think. It's given to us to change the way that we feel. But it's also given us to change the way that we live. And if we can't act out a doctrine probably don't put a lot of emphasis on it. You know, this is actually one of the reasons why I'm not a Calvinist. is because when Calvinistic doctrine, when push comes to shove, you can't do anything with it. You're saved. You're condemned. Sorry. That's life. Congratulations. Sorry. You're like, what do you do with that then? You can't do evangelism with that. You can't, you can't do anything. And so, if you can't do anything with a doctrine, probably isn't, Right? Oh, I'll tell you later. Um, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, the one who listens better. There, there you go, Steph. One who listens better. Well, and that's what ends up happening. Do you know that the Calvinists in Geneva had a big emphasis on how early in the morning you got up? Because hard work was tied in with godliness. And if hard work is tied in with godliness, therefore the people who get up earlier and work harder are more likely to be saved than the people that get up later and work into the evening because we know that bad things happen in the evening when it's dark, but bad things don't happen in the morning when it's dark. Whatever. You know, but that's because why? They're trying, they're trying to figure out a way to live out this double predestination and they couldn't do it without becoming legalists. And so it didn't work. And so if our doctrines can't be applied, don't put a lot of emphasis on them. Because the truths of Scripture, yeah, Ken, Ken and Kathy are now arguing who's saved and who's not. Um, <laughs> uh, well, yep, that's, we're Lutherans, you can sleep in. Um, doesn't mean you should, but, but you can't. These things are supposed to be acted upon. They're supposed to be lived out. Those who hear the word of God and do it. Because what good does it do for me to know a truth and then not live it out? It doesn't do any good. So I can have right thinking, but if it's not creating right living, 
I missed it. I've missed it. And so that's one of the reasons why we stay away from speculation because people who dive, I, I watch this. You guys, you guys ever watch some of these prophecy videos and stuff where people are predicting the end of the world and predicting this person's going to be doing this? And I, I had a few sent to me and so I watched them because I felt an obligation to respond. <sighs> and so I'm watching this stuff. It's like, what? Are, so what? So what? So what if the world's going to come to an end? Praise God. I know the world's going to come to an end. Maybe I don't have to worry about watching political ads in three years. Praise God. I don't want to. I probably won't. I, well, no, they even come up when I'm on anything on, online. But who cares? Why are we speculating about that? Why am I giving myself over to something I can't do anything about? Well, it should make you evangelize more. I should be evangelizing more anyways. Because as we're, you know, I don't know when my last hour is. I don't know when the last hour is. And I don't know where any of your last hours are. It's actually, that was Dwight, or D.L. Moody, why he always gave an evangel a gospel message at the end of every sermon. He always talked about how you can be saved. Because he preached a sermon and he told people to come back the next week. And that night, the great Chicago fire happened. Thousands of people died. And he felt guilt over that. I didn't tell him how to be saved. And because of D.L. Moody's experience, I don't need to know when the end of the world is because I know that it could be our end at any moment. We need to be saved. We need to hear the word of God and live it out. Because if this is truth, we should live it out. Why would you want to live a lie? Well, I, I think Satan might actually have a good point in this one. Really? No. Hear the word of God and do it. My clicker's right here. Finally. Present tense. Now, it's interesting here. I think it's interesting, but I'm weird. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Note that. Not did it. I can't rest on, I can't just rest on something that happened in my past. Well, you know, how do I know that I'm saved? Well, you know, I was baptized as an infant. Okay. How does that affect your life? Well, it doesn't really. Then there's something wrong. Then there's something wrong. Because, you know, what is a great commission? Baptizing them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to... Know all of my commandments. No. Obey. That's again speaking to my lifestyle, living this out. If I'm a Christian, you know what? There's actually obligations upon me. If I'm going to call myself a Christian, that means that I should actually be, seek to be Christ-like. I'm going to fail. And you're going to fail. No offense. We're going to fail. But that's okay. Because we're called to strive. Be holy as I am holy. Obey Christ. Because you know what? He is right. Christ is right. How many of you believe Jesus? You believe in Jesus? You think he's the son of God? So when he says something, is he lying to you? No. So if he says this, he says, you know what? Fornication is evil. Don't do it. You know what we say? Fornication is evil. Don't do it. And something that you know, I struggle with. 
impatience. I've talked about it before. I was experiencing it yesterday when we were waiting for our the, the chemical to clean out our drain. And I was feeling very impatient and I was kind of getting frustrated and flustered and struggling with that. And it's still not quite done. <sighs> like today, it's still not quite done. And so God's continuing to teach me patience. And, um, and I think Kirsten picked up on me being a little crabby. Maybe. That's when she left. No, no. We all left at the same time, thankfully. But I had to confess that because I was realizing I couldn't beat it. I couldn't beat my impatience. And then I'm not called to beat my impatience. I'm called to confess my impatience. Why? Because my impatience isn't like a cold. My impatience is sin. It's not something I caught from my children. It's something I gave to my children. But it's a sin. What do we do with sin? God, forgive me. I'm being impatient. I'm not trusting you with this because my impatience is my distrust of God. God says, you pray, I'll answer. You know what I did? I was praying for that floor drain. You know what? I wasn't trusting God to answer. That's my sin. It doesn't mean that the floor drain is so clogged that God can't unclog it. Really? No, it doesn't mean that. Believe it or not. It means that God said, you need to wait. You need to learn to sit in a corner for a little while. Even, even me. So I have to confess my sin. God, forgive me. Because what are we called to do? Hear the word of God and do it. Do it. If I trust God, then I can trust God. Put this into his hands. Live it out. So it's not about what I did in my past. It's not about what's back there. It's not about me praying a prayer at some point. Now I know that I'm, no, I'm called to walk in this now. I'm called to walk in those previous decisions. I'm called to walk in all that I've been taught. I'm called to walk in those things. But I'm not just called to walk in what I'm taught because I'm called to walk in what? The Word of God. It's not whoever hears their pastor and does what he says. Well, you should, by the way. no. It's not about what I say. It's not about what Edgar says. It's not what Jim says. It's not even about what Elizabeth says. Well, that might be a little bit more weighty than mine. But it maybe. It's not. She is scary. She's a redhead. Um, it's not about that. I'm joking. Mostly. <laughs> it's not about that. It's about what the Word of God says. Because you guys, you who are hearing me preach right now, you are your own first line of defense. You can't just listen to me. You have to compare what I say to the Word of God. You have to take the Word of God and say, well, this is what Pastor Joe said. Is this what really what he means? Is this really, is this right? Well, yeah, I hope it is. You know, by the grace of God, I've had people come up to me and talk to me about these things because like when I was talking about Mary Magdalene, Peg come up to me and said, I don't think that's right. And you know what? She was right and I wasn't. Remember that, Dar. She was right and I wasn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> that never happens. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That's reality. Sometimes I'll get things wrong. I still don't know where I got the idea that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. I know historically where it comes from, but I don't know where it came into me. But I was wrong. I'm sorry. But I need to be checked. Everybody needs to be checked. 
You know, we need to check that which is on the media. We need to check what we say to each other. I've had to rebuke other people and say, you know, no, what you're saying really isn't what the Bible says. Because that happens. Sometimes we get these weird thoughts in our heads. You guys ever have those weird thoughts in your head? And you're like, where'd that come from? That's not true. Dar says no. Because thankfully he just listens to Peg. Um, <laughs> it's the word of God. How do we know what's true and what's real? How do we know what to live according to? Not by our own feelings. Well, this doesn't feel right. So what? It's the word of God. My feelings, well, the word of God does care about my feelings, but my feelings do not trump the word of God. My thinking does not trump the word of God. I'm called to do it. I'm called to engage my will and trust God. This is what God has said. I don't, I don't think that'll work. Well, who am I trusting then? My thinking. My thinking isn't very smart. God's a lot smarter than my thinking. Well, I don't want to. Now what am I trusting? My feelings. This is going to be hard. This is going to be painful. This might be embarrassing. Well, what am I trusting? I'm not trusting the word of God then. I'm not obeying the word of God. I'm obeying my emotions. Do my emotions trump the word of God? No. But I really, I'll use a line that one of my children uses sometimes. But I really, really want it. So? That's nice. I'm glad. Big deal. Yes, I am a mean father. Kathy's taught me how to do that. <laughs> really? I, do you guys ever do that to God? But God, I really, really want this floor drain cleaned out now. Yeah, fine. Good. Yeah, you can want it. No big deal. You get to wait. Okay. We have to engage the will. Okay, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to act according to his way. It doesn't make sense. So what? God might reveal to you why. He might not. It, but I don't, I don't want to. My emotions are fighting me, God. I'm scared. God says, trust me, your emotions will follow along. Because your emotions do change in time. As I submit to God, my emotions will change in a situation. There are situations, there are things that I have done that I am not very comfortable doing. Like when I was first a father, I wasn't comfortable changing diapers. I am a little bit more comfortable at that, but I've become better at getting my kids to go to my wife. Um, <laughs> yep, yep. So I became more comfortable with my children having poopy diapers because then they can go to Kirsten. And so as I practiced something, I became more comfortable at it. My emotions changed. I'm no longer afraid of it. Actually, believe it or not, I do change diapers. It is a, kind of a joke. But you're... <laughs> I have the microphone, remember. <laughs> we engage our will. I'm going to do it. No matter what I think, no matter what I understand. We were talking about this at men's Bible study. Why should we be praising God even when we don't understand? Because you know what? God says to. Should I give praise to God? Should I give praise to God about what's going on in America? Yes. And I do have reasons why. And I, there's a lot of things that are going on in America right now that I do not understand. 
Should we give praise to God about the missionaries in Haiti? In some ways, yeah. Because you know what? They are witnessing to Jesus right now. They are, they are bearing witness that Jesus is greater than their fear of life and death. They are bearing witness. Praise God. We should be praying for them that they'd be released. But we also need to pray for their captors that the, the missionaries' witness would have an effect and change their hearts. You know, so God has put them into this situation. Praise God. Praise God for chaos. How many of you like chaos? No, not particularly fun. We know that Janet just loves when things are disordered. Um, you know, praise God because now we have something to clean up. Praise God because now I have a purpose. Praise God because he knows best. Praise God even though I don't understand, even though I don't want to. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to engage my will and say, I'm going to praise God because he tells me to. I'm going to live out the word of God. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and do it. You want intimacy with God? Because what's this mother and brother thing? It's about intimacy. You want to draw closer to God? You want to be moved up in that line? Hear the word of God and do it. Live it out and you'll see the wisdom of God because the wisdom of God is greater than the foolishness of man, right? You'll see the grace of God. You'll see the love of God. You'll see all of God in new and greater ways as you hear the word of God and do it. Put it into action. And when you fail, you know what you do? Hear the word of God and do it. Confess your sin and you will be forgiven. Repent and you will be changed. Hear the word of God and do it. Now you have a new opportunity. Hear the word of God and do it. Any questions? Doesn't it become really simple? Oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to hear the word of God and do it. Pray, yeah. Praise God. Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for giving us truth. Thank you for giving us this story. Guide us, Lord, that we might do your word. Let's not do the word, just the word of teachers. Let's not do just the word of authorities. Let's do your word. Let's do it now. Let's do it today. May you be glorified in us and may we see you better. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.